Welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought, and I'm here with Victor once again, and we start off by probably one of the most entertaining conversations that we had in a while, which is about scammers and what happens when you deal with a scammer either online or on the phone. Victor has an interesting story to share. It's well worth listening to. But after dealing with really obnoxious individuals on on the phone, what do you got to do? You got you to gotta burn off that stress and go to the gym. But wait, once you get to the gym, what happens there? Oh, another surprise. One that Victor, it seems like, was a little shocked about, and he shares his experience there. Shocked is a complete understatement. I was at a total loss of words. My brain could not even comprehend what was going on due to the very nature of what you do when you're at the gym. And then we go ahead and talk a little bit about noticeable absences from the business park that Rick's is working out of due to the pandemic, as well as Facebook. Why is it that Rick's is operating on incognito mode in Facebook? There's a particular individual he does not wish to communicate with who has proven himself time and time again, an individual that just doesn't seem to get the big picture. So that being said, episode number 144 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> The Thorcel landline is going off. Every Who's time calling? You're gonna hear this too. Is that a real? Is that a real telephone call or is that a telemarketer? Yeah. Hold on. Let me. I, I don't know. Let me see. Answer the phone. Answer the phone, dude. Answer the phone. Call from suspected scam. Call. From I know, right? All the phones scam. now say. Uh, the phones now say scam alert. That's when so funny. Calling. That the the moment we start recording is when the the calls start coming in. Yeah. Yep. Just part of, part of my my world experience right now. So, dude, when I changed my telephone number a couple months before I moved to uh, an LA area code, is when I started experiencing shortly thereafter the spam telephone calls, and I was like, "What the hell? How did I, uh, the one number out of mi- out of millions of telephone numbers?" I get the one that's got a spam telephone, a spam call attached to it. And then later, I'm talking to people, and they're like, no, it's happening to everybody. And I didn't know that. I thought it was just me. Right. And you know how that happens, right? Is that they just plug it in to – they literally do this – the scammers have this algorithm that literally sends out tens of hundreds of phone calls a minute and just spams everywhere. And – they assume that if even 0.1% pick up, that's uh, that's their revenue right there. Did I tell you, though, I picked it I picked it up one time? Uh, of course you did. Yeah, I picked it up and I talked to the guy. And no shit. And he hung up on me. <laughs> yeah. No, tell me tell me what this was like. This is actually kind of, I'm, I'm curious. English was his second language for sure. It sounded like he was maybe from India, India or yes. somewhere. Yeah. And I tried to play it off like, I want to be on your do not call list. Because that's a law, at least in the U.S., you know, to be put on a do not call list or a do uh-huh. not email. But I knew that wasn't the case, but I just wanted to see where this went. You know, um, yes, we are contacting you because uh, we can improve your credit score or something. That was the first thing. And I told him I, I don't want to be on the call list. And then he said something else. I can't remember. It was a very short phone call. And it kind of ended with, okay, let me let me see uh, one moment, please. And then, like, five seconds later, he hung up. He hung up. 
did uh was there anything about him trying to get onto your computer do you remember like let me connect to your computer or something i do not recall okay yeah well by the way um if if for whatever random reason you choose to uh answer one of those calls again because they're based mo- it's something like 85% of spam calls originate out of india they have the international call fees so every minute you waste of their time costs them approximately 10 to 20 dollars per minute for their for their spam really? organization so the longer you can keep them talking which is part of the reason probably why they hung up as quickly as they did I was under the impression that if you pick up the phone, then somehow they can infiltrate your phone. They know it's an active number, and so they can they can record that number and then sell it to other scam organizations that will also bombard you with calls as well. But the moment that there's a connection and they're talking to somebody, every single minute costs money on their end. And so that's why they, uh, they try to, to parse out how quickly... They oh. can, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the longer you can keep them on the phone, the more money, more money costs. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's always a gamble though, because when you're messing with these scammers, who knows, who knows what they can do, knowing that this is an active number where another person is, they can, they can send it to a hundred other scam organizations, and they'll start calling you and all that, and it's it's a perpetuating cycle. But once you're talking to somebody. And there's, I, I love these websites. This is kind of my guilty pleasure. It's uh, one of those uh, people like to watch soap operas or people like to watch uh, reality television. This is my this is my reality television. Is There's a couple of channels out there that uh, intentionally call scam phone numbers with like the virus warning or stuff like you're saying. And just waste their time for hours and hours on... On pseudo numbers, so it's not their actual physical phone number, but they uh, find and they give us entertainment in talking to these scammers who know nothing about what they're actually trying to sell. Right, and it it is a beautiful and gorgeous experience of just uh, wasting people's time without actually, you know, being malicious or anything like that. If you're a scammer. And you, you're trying to get money from people, just drag them along as long as you can. Just pull it out. And there was one, <laughs> there was this one guy, his uh, his YouTube uh, is Kit Bugga. And there was one, it was super epic. It was something like 30 hours he wasted of a scammer's time. 30 hours of just... Drag it like oh, oh yeah no just you know do do all this and it, it's one of those things too where it's kind of funny where they always in the end they say you got to go buy gift cards from a store you got to buy like Walmart right. or uh, Target gift cards stuff like that and <laughs> what's so cool about this dude is that he pretends to buy them but it's on a fake redemption site and so it doesn't matter what number he types in. But he'll say, oh, so I, I just have this, I have this number, uh, like I have these card numbers, let me just type it in, da, da, da. $500 has been added to your account. And the scammers are like, no, no, we need those numbers, we need those numbers, like not realizing that those are fake numbers, and basically it looks as though the individual himself is redeeming the cards and frustrating them, because they're like $3,000, $4,000 worth of gift cards, and it, it's 
fake numbers. They don't know that, though. All they're seeing is this person not understanding what it is that they're doing. It's like, oh, well, on the card it says just to type in the number to redeem it. It's like, no, 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 we need those numbers. We need those numbers. And it's like, <laughs> oh, so if I just type it in here on my web browser and redeem it to my account, that means you got the money, right? So I, I just did you a favor. Like, you got your money, so it's all good. So, yeah, it's it's... Oh man, probably probably one of the most entertaining. What was that podcaster who he got a phone call from a scammer and he followed through trying to see what this is all about, and then he ended up going to India and meeting one of the guys, and he brought his friend with him. You remember you were telling me about this podcast, and it was like, yeah. do you remember what I'm talking about? He like he let the guy actually take control right. of his computer. Yes. And then was, like, very conversational with him, trying to figure out what was going on. Eventually goes to India, figures out where the telemarketing building is. It's very ominous. No signs anywhere. They go to a restaurant, like, to meet the boss and then find out he's not the actual boss. But there's another guy. Like, this whole thing. It's uh, it, The podcast was called Reply All. Yes. And yes. the, 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 the all. tech podcast. And they, they normally deal with tech issues. I've got to show you, there is there is probably one of the most masterful individuals who's not, like, a lot of these other YouTubers who are scam baiters. That's what it's called these days. Scam mm-hmm. baiting. Where they just bait scammers into wasting their time or trying to... At uh, The most malicious is that they end up accessing... They do a reverse connection because a lot of times these scammers want to connect to your computer, and what these hacker like they're they're white white hat ha- hackers, so right. like their intentions are benevolent, but they're able to reverse the connection so that they get access to the scammer's computer and basically delete all of their files so that they can't have that record those Excel sheets and stuff like that of, of people to call, but somebody who doesn't do any of that and is just more of a, a researcher. And um, somebody who is a little quieter is Jim Browning. I've got to show you. I'll send you after this a link to uh, Jim Browning's YouTube page. But there's one where he literally, he spent, it's like a two-part series, where he worked with somebody who lived in India around one of these scam call centers who was um, like a partner in all this. And they got drone footage and all this stuff of how manipulative and devious this organization was, like, to- like totally out- off the radar and stuff like that, and uh, and just gathering the information and being able to access, they they were able to hack into the web cameras of the scam call center themselves, so you could see literally their break rooms, their work rooms, their the entry wow. and exit ways. It it's it's one of the most phenomenal videos I think I've ever seen. This dude has probably about 1.5 million subscribers. Uh, doesn't post a lot, but the stuff that he does post is just so enlightening as to the depths of. What's this guy's like, name? This goes. Jim Browning is Jim the name. Browning is the YouTube name that he goes by, and you, I'll I'll send you the video that I'm talking about because, bro, like once you see this, you will never look at uh, spam call stuff the same again. It's just okay. it's phenomenal. I don't know if you know this name. His name is James Veach, and I do not. he was like on Mashable and stuff like that. And this was probably about five five or six years ago, I want to say, James Veach. Um, but he started, he did a couple of TED Talks talking about re- replying to scammers. 
And this was back when email was the more proficient way to try and scam money out of people. The the Nigerian email scam type thing. Right. And so he was like, the, the whole point that he was trying to get across is that these scams and the way that they portray it are designed to influence the most gullible people who would be the only one who would give them, you know, the money that they, that they were trying to steal from people. And so he's like the most gullible people and me. And so he would waste hours and hours of his time, um, and their time just going back and forth with like ridiculous questions that obviously a gullible person might ask, but was still just as effective in being able to, to just drag them along, like make them feel like they were getting somewhere. And then in the end, uh, they either said, stop emailing us or just stopped responding altogether. It's, uh. Yeah, some some of the my my favorite YouTube content has come from scam baiters like that. I want to do that, bro. Yeah, I want to do that now. The next time I get a call, I like immediately open up my laptop and start recording and put it on speakerphone <laughs> and uh, and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and in all reality, I know I know people say to be. Did you just take off your shirt? No. What happened was okay. So no, I'm wearing a tank top. See. Yeah, I see that. I'm wearing a tank. But what happened was this, is that my window that I have is about a, is less than a quarter of the screen so that I can see the wavelengths in GarageBand. And then what I did was I just expanded it a little bit because I couldn't see myself. And then I noticed I was – I you see me in complete darkness, even though it's not that dark in my apartment. But what you're seeing is total darkness, so I just leaned over – to open up the blinds a little bit, and then when I came back is when you probably noticed that I was wearing a tank, whereas bef- where before you were just making the assumption that I had a shirt on. <laughs> that's so funny. That's, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> no. Yeah, I just opened I was the like, window a little wait, bit I, for I, no reason. I was just like, why, is it, why do I look like it's so dark in this apartment? Yeah. That's why I leaned over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Blink for a second, and um, suddenly you're, you're in a tank top, so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, but what I was going to uh, what I was going to say was I once saw a video posted by this guy who was like he says, "Hey, this person, I got an email from this person from, I don't know, let's just say Nigeria, somewhere in Africa, saying that they needed money and if I could help to purchase school supplies and whatnot." And so the guy says, "You know, this is Let's see where this goes. So before I send him money, I'm going to – I want him – I asked him to give me his address, and I was going to mail him a disposable camera or maybe a digital. I don't know. A camera. I'm going to mail him a camera, and I want to see a picture of him and his village. And sure enough, the guy gets the camera Take some photos of himself and the village. And so the guy's like, okay, let's just see where this goes. I'm just going to send him X amount of dollars. And if I lose it, I lose it. But I'm still going to ask him to take photos of the school supplies that he purchases. Just, you know, let's just see what happens. The dude takes photos of (laughs) the kids, of these kids with like these brand new backpacks and school supplies and all this stuff. And then the guy says, yeah, this happened, whatever. 
X amount of years ago. We're in, we've been in touch ever since. And I'm planning a trip to go there to go see him. And I was like, whoa, you never hear that. That, I mean, how often do you think something like that happens for the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of email or telephone inquiries people make with the intention of scam? And then here's one guy. I believe it to be true. The guy seemed pretty jovial in his YouTube video. And it was like, yeah, oh, this this turned out to be real. And now I have this, you know, this long-distance relationship with this person, and we both want the same thing. We just want to see kids happy. And I'm super happy sending him money, and he sends me photos anytime I send him money, and I'm trying to go over there. It's like, whoa, I did not expect that. So it was legit. It was legit. Yeah, it was legit. But I will add this. When I used to work for Royal United Mortgage and uh, – you know, we would we would have leads on this computer, and you call them. You know, you made an inquiry as to how to reduce your mortgage payments or whatever. And one of my coworkers was helping this woman, and my coworker Megan, she's like, "I don't know what to do. This woman wants to free- refinance her home so she can cash out some of the equity." But the reason that she wants to cash it out is so that she can forward the money to her lover whom she's never met and they've only spoken to each other over the phone. And, I, and I'm looking at Megan and she's looking at me and I'm like, no, do not do this. You tell her to not send that money. And she's like, I know. I keep telling her it's someone trying to scam her, but she's so convinced that they're in love and they talk on the phone all the time and they plan on meeting up and this and that and that and this. And I just feel so bad. And I'm just like, Megan, let this one go. Do not refinance this woman's home. She is irresponsible with her money. Do not do that. Do not do that. What what happened? Dude, this is 10 years ago. I have no idea what happened. I think she dropped it. But it's just like, that's, oh, man. That's so painful. I mean, we're talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Like, I don't know. Probably man. when people cash out, they cash out at least, at least for 10 or 20 grand when they, if they can, sometimes more, depending on what their mortgage rate has been. It's crazy because some people I talk to when you, when they're trying to get their home refinanced, it's like, cool, what's your current interest rate? Uh, 12 and a half. What? 12 and a half? Like, yeah, we haven't refinanced the home since we bought it in whenever it was. I have no idea when the interest rates would have been like that or where. But it's funny because this is at a time when, you know, when you can get five or at least five percent, no pro- five or six percent standard. Six percent was probably a little bit of a ripoff, but between four and five percent was ideal. And they're like, oh, yeah, we have twelve and a half percent. Yeah, I can definitely help you with that. It's crazy just how how and I mean I don't want to say by no means do I want to come off as saying that people are dumb or anything like that but when it comes to that that's an area that you most definitely do not want to be aloof you know well and I think there's an element of vulnerability too where uh when you're dealing with those high stakes situations if you can, if you can tug on a person's heartstrings, whether it's romantically or emotionally, like children, children in my village are dying right now, or I love you so much, you are my soulmate forever, or this is a you know a matter of just more moral necessity, and 
various things like that, it feels like, yeah, I mean, it is so easy to be able to convince people. If you, if you override logic and override kind of their natural instincts by just throwing, sprinkling on that little human tug, tug string type thing, it, it becomes a totally different uh, scenario and dynamic. Well, one of my friends, I was uh, talking to her and she's like, yeah, I have, I'm in, I'm in debt. I have. I have a bunch of credit cards, and I, I know I need to fix it, but I don't even want to look. I don't even want to, you know, figure out the details. It's too much. And I'm just like, you got to – I'll help you. You got to get this under control. You have – you can't just ignore it. And you know who you're ta- – you know who I'm talking about. In case she's listening, I'm going to help you out. But it's crazy. <laughs> when you pay attention to the details, how quickly things add up. And how much more power you have over your life when you know what's going on. Not just in financing, but just in general. You know, that's why you always want to strive to be learning. And, you know, ignorance is bliss, but that bliss can bite you in the ass sometimes. Man, ain't that ain't that the truth? I feel as though, you know, I, I had the, especially growing up in Glen Ellen, too. I kind of had this, and in, in the Christian environment that I grew up in, I felt like I had this kind of cocoon uh, that was insulated from all these other things that existed out there. And so every time I came across one of those new experiences, whether it was somebody trying to scam you or my own personal, like, um, vices and addictions and things like that, once you come across it, it's like, what do you do with that? You've never been told these things exist before. So you just assume that it's just, it's just another part of the world that you haven't experienced yet. And so you're like open to it. And I feel like that, it makes it so easy for people to fall into that trap. Agreed. And then to uh, switch gears real quick. Okay. So I reactivated my membership at the gym and because I wanted to start going and they reopened and everything. Dude, I need to I, – I want your honest feedback, your objective impartial feedback because I'm just like, what the fuck? So I just reactivate online. I go to the gym and standard, they ask those four questions that you everywhere you go. And then they take your temperature and they're like, oh, do you have gloves? I'm like, no. Like, oh, well, we just recently started enforcing a policy where you need to wear gloves when you're at the gym. And they asked that to me, but I also heard the same conversation with the guy that was right in front of me. And I'm looking at the gloves, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Dude, they gave me those thick finger deli sandwich making plastic gloves. Uh, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. the, The type that the folks at Subway wear, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do? I can I? 
I am walking into this facility well aware of the risk that I am taking. And I get it. It's not all about me. It's about everybody else that's there, everybody as a whole, the community. And you're probably saying, well, Victor, it's the gym. People are touching things with their hands much more frequently than they are if they were to just go into a random store. And I agree 100%. However, if you are washing your hands and using hand sanitizer as frequently as you should be, this should not be an issue in the first place. Even if there was somebody who didn't wash their hands and had poor hygiene in today's climate, you as an individual you'll still have the responsibility to take care of yourself, which would then in turn take care of others. But if this is policy, then I have no choice but to just suck it up and deal with it. And they're mandating everybody wear them Mm -hmm. in the gym doing various things. That's, oh man, that's, I, yeah, yeah. So some people have, some people have nice gloves that look to be, you know, the folks that lift all – they have, like, the lifting gloves and part of the fingers are cut off. They have right. – some people have that. Some people have just, like, like these worker gloves. Some people have – most people have the vinyl or latex gloves. And then some people had the deli sandwich-making gloves. And so I wear those gloves and I'm working out and I'm just like, whatever. Like, I, I mean, it didn't – bother me so much working out as it was just really weird like grabbing my phone and touching like touching things like but the actual act of working out it was fine it was it didn't wasn't that bad because they kind of stuck to my hand a little bit but i was just like really because before all this happened i would wash my hands every 20 to 30 minutes at the gym regardless because they just feel so gross yeah i would always wash my hands if i'm there i would always wash my hands at least after 30 minutes and then again before I left, if I was there for an hour. And if I'm there longer than an hour, then I wash my hands again. I just – I have to. I had to do that huh. to just – you know? And so I'm just like, okay, what the fuck? And then the other thing that I found to be incredibly inconvenient was the fact that half of the machines are quote-unquote not in service for social distancing. So you have a row of – of benches, you know, the type of bench where you could situate the back, you can incline it, you know? Right. And there's, I don't know how many of there are, seven or eight, and now you can only use four of them. And the strange thing is, it's like, okay, or in these are the machine, the various machines too, and there might only be one or two machines of a certain type it's like okay so even though there's nobody nearby this particular machine i can't use because this has been designated as a do not use machine and i just found it incredibly again inconvenient but what else is new but i'm walking around just like my my opinion on the matter is like i get it but at the same time even if you wear gloves People are still going to touch their phone, touch their face, grab their gym bag, do touch their shirt, do whatever. So, so I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Well, okay. And, so so the, the clarifying question then for me is that are masks required? Oh, yes, well, yes. Yes. They are. People okay. So they're, yes. so they're doing both gloves and masks at these yes. places. Because I was like, oh, that'd be so counterintuitive. If uh, no, they were yeah, only no, doing there's masks, for sure. <laughs> they were only doing gloves and not masks. So everyone's got to wear masks the entire time that they're working out in that location. Yes. 
Oh man. Wow. I, you know, the, I have to say, I, I, you know this, I've never been a fan of gyms and, uh, those various rec centers where you can, can work out publicly. I, I don't think that you need that, <laughs> but that's just me. And I, it's, it's like in my, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, cause I don't really use them too often, uh, that it's like a hub of infectious diseases just waiting to happen. It, and so, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm glad that you get a chance to go back to the gym. I just, I, I can empathize with the whole having to wear these, these subway gloves and shit like that. But when it comes down to it, it's like, is it, is it worth, is it worth the, the potential risk and, and the inconvenience of having to go through what you had to go through. Well, I want to use the weights in different machines. And I, when I was there today, it was, I mean, I went today in the early afternoon and there's still people, there's a fair amount of people there. I'm just like, fucking A. What, what, what's, a what's a fair amount of people? Uh, every machine that I want to use, I can't because somebody's on it. Shit. Okay. Huh. And because the other half of the machines are are out of order, are, it would be fine if all machines were in it were usable. It would be fine, but because half mm. of them cannot be used, all of them are filled. Yeah. And what was I going to say? I can't remember. But oh, I was going to say. Well, I want to be using the weights and the various machines and everything like that. And I don't know my my perspective on things are way, way different because of the work environment, you know? I'm wearing totally. a mask. I have gloves on most of the time. People are close within my vicinity. I feel perfectly comfortable, you know? But then today, I go in, and they're like, oh, do you have gloves? Yeah, I have gloves. I had this different style gloves. I had these blue vinyl gloves that I had from work. Dude, my hands got so sweaty inside those gloves. The oh, deli yeah. gloves were actually much better. <laughs> these gloves, my these gloves, dude, when I took the gloves off, a couple of beads of sweat uh, came out of the gloves and, like, hit my shirt. Like, there was actual because it traps the moisture the deli gloves let your hands breathe a little bit right uh, I was just yeah. like god damn it had i known all of this before i reactivated i never would have probably but i need weights which is why i joined so you, you need i'm just weights. gonna have no okay. choice all but right. to go early in the morning man i you know uh I'm glad that you you have that that need and and are following through with it even despite Hopefully all that. when I go at 4:30 5 o'clock in the morning there won't be that many people there. But I remember one time going there it's like 6:30 in the morning and like a ton of people were there. I was like what the fuck happened? What? Before all this happened the most opportune time to go was usually between 10 a.m. and noon or maybe right. 1 p.m. So now I got to find that new sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, it, it's so interesting, too. I was, I was just thinking about this recently, that with the whole having to wear masks and gloves type thing, I mean, doing drywall, um, was it like three years ago or something like that, 
to uh, always be wearing both masks and gloves to, like, do the job. It's just like, once this whole new wave of the reality that we're currently living in hit, it's like, oh, okay, I've done, I've done that before. That's a different type of mask. The M95 is different than the, like, the, the drywall mask that you end up wearing, but... It was still one of those things where I also have had to use those those stupid ass sandwich gloves in various situations doing drywall. Just like, oh my god, it's the it's the worst. And yet I would do that for about you know six to six to ten hours a day, and it was just something that I I became accustomed to. And so once masks started going uh, public and everyone was doing it, well. What's the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to this. I, you know, I don't have to necessarily wear it as long as I was when I was doing drywall, but I, uh, I, it's become just part of a routine that really doesn't phase me too much. Yeah. The last, I sometimes catch myself after being in the car for like five minutes. I'm like, Oh shit. I still got this mask on. Take this shit off while I'm driving around in the, Bro, in the car. Yeah, I have to say, too, what, what's kind of interesting as well, because, I mean, you haven't been back in a while, uh, that the the uh, uh, apartment or the the business complex that my mom's working out of and our studio was in, where I think it's been about four months right now where there's been about four or five businesses that have not, there has been no one in any of those businesses for about the past four to five months. And there's like, you know, five, five of them or so. And you just haven't seen anyone come in. And I was just, I was talking with my mom earlier and we're wondering, are these individuals just, they've gone out of business because a lot of them are either like hiring agencies that do like manual labor type stuff or, or like interpersonal work or require interpersonal interaction. And it's like, Everything, everything in the entire building has kind of come to us uh, just a full stop. And it's kind of crazy to see that there are certain businesses like the one that's right next to the office, um, which is a, a hiring agency, hasn't been open for, yeah, about five months now. And it's like, are they still in business? No one's seen. Oh, the hiring who's... agency that had the guy that brought over the donuts when that, all this the happened. Donut guy, and like, the donut is, guy. You're like, why? Donut guy. What the fuck are you doing, bringing donuts? That's the last time I saw him. Was when he offered donuts, and then that was. I mean, that was back in March, and so yeah. Now, now here we are. Uh, what is it? March, April, May, June, July. Four months later. And not not right. a not a sight, not a sight of him or his secretary. And it's like, oh, that's hmm. Why am I not surprised? I mean, you know, I'm I'm an empathetic person, <laughs> but I feel I feel no <laughs> like I don't know no moral qualms about how that end up turning out. But yeah, it is kind of crazy. Uh, did I mention, did I mention to you, and I can't remember if I had talked about this in a previous podcast, that there is a reason why I turned off my Facebook notification thing where you've got no. that little green, green dot going on. You did not <laughs> tell me that. I do. I was going to ask that right away and I forgot to ask that question. I know you know the answer to this question. So, so give me the response that I'm going to give you. <laughs> I know that you know this. I know that you know so, this. Why I turned off the notification to allow people to be aware that I'm online. 
because you don't want certain people from St. Joseph Mission Church contacting you while you're online, oh, while it's, you're it, actually online. It's not St. Joseph Mission Church, but you're you're damn close. PCC, yeah, the wider PCC, there's a certain individual. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what you meant. I knew that's that. Meant. I just that's decided to, that's what I meant, but I just decided to say St. Joseph Mission Church. St. Joseph Mission nah, Church. So I, lo- I love all those guys. Certain individuals wouldn't be singled out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so but I guess it doesn't matter because you've mentioned him before. So what happened? What prompted you to do this? You just realized that it was long overdue or something occurred where you needed to take action? Well, it's one of those things, too. And um, I don't know if um, I had told you about this before, but there was a a former classmate of ours... Um, I believe that I told you about that situation where yep, when, whenever I came did, online, and the same thing happened. The same thing happened to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, similar, similar. Yes, which, which just just as a before. recap, yeah, yeah. That that when when they saw that I came online, they ended up just trying to message you or do like say things and try to engage with you and stuff like that, and. So I was like, okay, you know, that's that's the first time that I turned off the the little green dot thing that shows that you're online. And then time had passed. It was all good. Turned it back on because you and I do this podcast. And so it's nice to, to know when we're both online. So it's been fine. But ever since the most recent conversation that we had where I told you about the Franciscan order... I believe that was what, like two, two mm-hmm. or three episodes ago. Yeah, where something like that, something like that. And <laughs> it came to a point where I, because I, I think I don't know, I, I don't know what it is, but twice over the past week, uh, week and a half or so, where I've come on to either get in line with you or to watch Joe's service or to post something for the church, that he will. Facebook mess uh, he will Facebook call me and so it, it pops up there because he can see that I'm online and Bishop or the person that Cass it's Cass from... yeah Bishop Bishop okay. Cass and he's, he's been trying to get a hold of me for a while it's just like okay first of all if you want to talk to me I mean you can you have my number we've texted back and forth before like you could Facebook message me and we could try and find a time to talk but you just calling me out of the blue when I log on because you see that I log on is so not only inappropriate but super disruptive to what I'm trying to do because you, you get the brr, 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 like while you're trying to post <laughs> something or while I'm trying to to you know set up a, a chat yeah. with you or Joe or Nicole or someone it's like bro like. That you can't just assume that because somebody's on Facebook, they're suddenly able to talk with you for because not a single conversation with him has ever gone less than like a half an hour where he just talks and talks. And talks. <laughs> it's like, I know what's coming down the pipeline. I've got things to do. I'm on Facebook for a business purpose. You, you like schedule time with me. Like talk to me. Like don't just fucking blast out there and so he's done that twice now and i'm just like i'm so done with this because it's like three times and it it's going to become pretty evident that i'm intentionally choosing to ignore those calls and at this point it's just like it's not even worth trying to tempt fate at this point i just turn off the notification you can't see if i'm on understandable like but 
bro, it is so disruptive and it's so inappropriate. It's just like, because I know that he just wants to like talk. He just wants to talk to somebody. And it's just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't deal with this. So I think to myself, okay, well, the, the best opportunity is like, if he wants to get a hold of me, he's got my number. He can Facebook message me, but don't fucking call me as soon as I log on to try and do business to try and talk to me. That is just wrong. And it's still, there's no progress. Still no progress in emailing contact information or anything like that. So that's, I, I don't know if I want to make that like a new crusade or whatever, but I've come to the point and I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking to myself, if, if he does, cause I probably will turn on the notifications in the future, um, that I'm on. But if he wants to talk to me in the future, I'm going to straight up say, so what's the, what's the progress on creating a database that is utilized outside of Facebook and what sort of information is being compiled to create a sustainable church? Because I'm like, like all he does is want to just, just either talk about himself or to get me to affirm how wonderful a person he is. It's like, Mm, you you try to do that again, and I'm I I am going to use all of my political uh, savvy and all that other shit to just get get to some point of progress to make him admit or acknowledge, even if he has to pass it off to me. I'll do it, man. Just give me the tools and resources to be you able to, to make a functioning just, church. Just all you got to do is uh, purchase. You can purchase like a domain name for, I don't know, eight or nine dollars. And what you can do is you can set up an email so that you can then go to the people and say, hey guys, you know, I just want to contribute it, contribute this to the group and organization. I think it'd be a really great idea to keep a copy of threads and then have an email, you know, ricks at stjosephmissionchurch.com and have email addresses with St. Joseph in it, Ricks, Joe, Cass, Nicole, or whoever, and present that to the group. And I think people are like, oh, that's really cool. And then just completely eradicate Facebook. Well, you realize how much time and energy that would take to, to establish something like that, right? I've done it before. Dude. It's not oh, easy to make people use the domain name to, to make people to, use to, the email to create to create and make it functional and to make it integrative and be able for people. Well, it sounds it. like it would take less effort than what you're dealing with right now. Well, what I'm dealing with right now, all I got to do is just ignore him. <laughs> so that's much easier than having to create a website with a, a domain email address. So yeah. yeah, and and all I am, I'm a lowly father. I mean, I don't really have any power authority when it comes to the wider denomination, and I'm going to keep bitching about this until I get the opportunity to actually uh, have my ideas implemented. But it's not like I'm not trying. So how many, man? How many, how many levels do you have to go through to get to bishop? Just one more. I mean, it's uh, I. I was uh, I was talking with Nicole, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, that I was talking with Nicole, and uh, right after Cass had announced his retirement um, or resignation or whatever, and then retracted it, I said, I will, I will become a bishop if it means that 
I can have a say in regards to how communication and stuff like that operates. I am probably the most least Catholic person in this entire progressive Catholic church. I can guarantee you there is, I think there's, I don't think there's any other Protestants in the denomination. And so for me, I have no knowledge as to the historical complexities and the spiritual components of being Catholic. I know how organization works and I know how a structure works operates and I have a master's of divinity and for me that is sufficient to be able to contribute to a wider theological structure and to to build something that's sustainable I mean I I don't want it to come to that because I don't want to I don't want to become a bishop just because I'm a good manager um and I actually I mean you know I I'm happy doing what I can do in the position that I am, I just, I'm kind of limited and becoming a bishop means that you take on greater responsibility that you have to talk to Cass on a weekly basis, which I do not want to do. And so it's like with the trade-off <laughs> as to what can I control? What can I do? And what can't I do? And that's where it comes down. I'd have to talk to him on a weekly basis, which I do not want to do. <laughs> I don't want to have to talk to him on a, on a weekly basis, man. Oh my gosh! I wish Bro, I could. Yeah. I wish I could sit in on these meetings. You guys just do I got, Zoom I got, meetings. I got, I got a, yeah, yeah. I don't. Is I there a way a, to get me in on that and block me so that no one can see that I'm uh, that I'm in it, but I can hear everyone or I can watch Father Ca- or watch Bishop Cass? Bro, I could, I could probably, I could probably sneak you in on a, on a, call you on my phone. You yeah, can, dude, you sne- can listen, listen sneak in the me, background. Sneak me in. I promise, I'll leave the shenanigans at home. I won't do any hijinks <laughs> or any pranks, and I just want to sit in on it and see how long I can last. Guarantee it yes. won't be longer than fifteen minutes. <laughs> right. I, I, gi- I give you five minutes. <laughs> although, although knowing your sense of humor, you actually might find some of the shit that that's said very entertaining and amusing. Might keep your attention. By who? By other parties or by Bishop Cass? Is he a funny by, guy sometimes? No, he's he. No, so he is ironically funny. I laugh when he says things that I shouldn't be laughing at. That right. he doesn't okay. mean me to be Got laughing it. at. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's that it's that sort of funny, where it's uh, it's like the, an ignorant an, an ignorant leader talking type funny, as opposed to, um, you know, intentionally. Yeah, funny. they don't know what they're saying. They don't know that everyone is laughing at what they're saying. Oh, I get a kick out of that though. That is that is a little ray of light. Is that I can chuckle to myself and just go to go that internal <laughs> type thing, as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to everyone else laughing. I have uh, like, one of my one of my friends is so damn funny, but it's just like what you said. It's he's not funny, like because he's a you know. There's people that are funny because of just who they are and what they do and what they say, and you like having them around. And then there's people who are just funny because of what they do and what they say. And you don't like having them around, but you find the little tiny pieces, the little tiny morsels that just happen to provide a little entertainment that just allows you to hang on a little longer. See, and bring it full circle, full circle around. That's part of the reason why I like these scam baiting videos is that 
it's not it's not funny in its inherent self but it's funny because the context and the individual and the sort of wry sense of humor that uh, is unintentional from those scammers and you just have to laugh out loud at that and I think that's such a beautiful gift to to give people so yeah man I I would be happy to provide you with a insight into some of the chaos that takes place 90 percent is boring but that 10 percent is freaking gold absolute <laughs> gold and that's what it's all uh, about man getting that chuckle get getting the lulls getting the lulls see you carried you carried a lot of this episode i didn't really have a whole lot but i just thought we should record and just see what happened and see you yeah, always got I'm something glad, fun man. to add as long as it revolves around everything that you're dealing with what, what can i say i am just a basket of joy <laughs> <laughs>